hi. James Bond. We're going to talk about it on this week's podcast. I'm George Brundle. Uh, I'm joined by Larry Davis. Hi. How you doing? He hasn't, he hasn't watched any of the James Bonds. The, the so, name's Davis. Larry Davis. Not That's my kind of humor. You didn't, have to do, you didn't have to do that. Well, yeah. I did. That's Thomas, about it. <laughs> by the way. He watched all the James Bonds, so I have somebody to actually talk about the James Bonds with. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me again. Um, yeah, and because just because of foolish behavior, so that's always nice. <laughs> uh, but first, we do got a couple of items from the news. news. Uh, last week, we talked about Naughty Dog and the whole week concerning The Last of Us. Uh, that maybe wasn't a Naughty Dog employee that did that. It turns out. Oh, who was it? Uh, so I just saw this article from uh, a website you might have heard of called IGN. Uh, And it says that uh, The Last of Us Part 2 leak was instigated by hackers that found a security exploit in Naughty Dog's older games, according to multiple sources. Uh, Journalist Jason Schreier, uh, who you also might have heard of, Uh (laughs) tweeted to say that a patch in an older Naughty Dog game inadvertently allowed access to the developer's servers, allowing hackers outside the company to access footage of devs playing a non-final build. Oops. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this is weird. uh, Yes, it is. Um, he also claims that the initial hackers were not responsible for the leak, but that their method of entry to Naughty Dog servers was likely shared to those that disseminated the footage. Those leakers remain unknown publicly. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that th- that whole thing has gotten much weirder. Yeah, that's also kind of disappointing, because I was cheering for the disgruntled employee. Yeah. It's what too. you want. It's what you really want, right? The guy that... Yeah got screwed over yeah exactly yeah revenge that's revenge that's what, how i want every story to end i mean <laughs> yeah that's why we're here talking about james bond that's right the naughty dog employee hands over his pp7 mm-hmm. he goes on revenge anyway uh the other news what what if there were more twilights larry davis if uh, tw- twilights what if Stephanie Meyer came back to write a new book called Who Midnight cares? Sun that is just a rewrite of the first book, but from the vampire's perspective? Yeah, I think she did. She already do that or she started doing it like online, almost like a blog or something. Uh, I didn't read the article because I didn't actually care. <laughs> I just so, saw this popped up. It was like, oh, God damn it. So I have um, I have opinions about uh, about Twilight. Um. So I worked, um, I worked at Borders for like five years, the bookstore. Um, and What's that? got laid off, got laid off, right? Yeah, right. I got laid off right before, um, before they went bankrupt and shut the whole thing down. So I was lucky I actually got severance pay, which was pretty sweet. But um, I was there for, I think, the release of two of the Twilight books, maybe all three. Um, and so I got to see that sort of mania go. Um, I'm a firm believer that if you're going to sell something, you should know about it. So I made an attempt on the first uh, Twilight book. It is so reprehensibly badly written. I mean, really bad. I, I like believe you can't, it. can't read it if you're a sane person. Um, I made an attempt on it. I quit. Um, I hated it. They're, they're wildly popular, right? Um, and when they made the movies, I am convinced that at least Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart um, are just making fun of it the whole time. Oh, they probably. don't, do not care. 
um there's a very famously a scene in the third one where she like gives birth to a baby and it's like some sort of horrible cg baby like robert pattinson like holds it up and just like stares directly down the barrel of the camera um and it's so obvious that he is mocking entire exercise um and it turned out afterwards that he's a great actor so oh yeah i'm i'm excited to see his turn as batman uh in I don't know, 2023 or whenever that movie comes out at this point. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Uh, I saw one of the, I think like the first part of the last two movies, because uh, I worked at a movie theater at the time, and they needed someone to test out the D-Box seats, uh, which is basically this, you, you sit in there and it vibrates and it twists you around and stuff. They so, you know, for the Twilight for film, for the yeah. Twilight films they had that? Wow. Yeah, they did that for the Twilight films. Uh I'm not sure which was more underwhelming, the way that my seat moved or the movie. Uh, probably the seat, because I had no expectations for the actual movie. Uh, but there's a really good bit where Dakota Fanning uh, is holding a obvious, like, a fake dummy, like a baby doll, and looks at it and then just tosses it into a fire. <laughs> that is basically all I retained from that movie. <laughs> what did the seat do when that happened? Did it, like, rumble? <laughs> no, but God... It should have. Uh, the the friend I was with, we actually got up and walked out of that and went uh, to go see Skyfall. So, <laughs> great. We made it probably about nice. uh, halfway into that thing, and then yeah, we're nice. like, I don't know, what if we watched Javier Bardem pull his teeth out? That seems like that'd be a good time. Yeah, yeah. So Thomas, you went on this weird James Bond journey. Uh, and I do not understand how you pick the order to watch these movies in. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, well, this whole thing got prompted by me wanting to see the the new James Bond movie, which is now God only knows uh, it's actually going to come out. And so I was like, well, I'm going to watch all the Daniel Craig ones in preparation for uh, the new one. Right? And so I started there and I watched all the Daniel Craig ones. And, um, and then that movie's never going to come out. So I was like, well, what else is streaming? And at the time, um, only the Pierce Brosnan ones were streaming on Netflix. So I was like, okay, well, I like the Pierce Brosnan ones. I'll watch the Pierce Brosnan ones. And so then I watched all of them. And I think on this podcast, maybe, uh, Timothy Dalton Bond was mentioned, or maybe just online somewhere. Yeah, it and was Larry here. was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I brought him up. That's right. And you were like, you should you should watch him. He's the better Bond. And I was like, okay, cool. And so then I watched Timothy Dalton. Now I realize I've oh I've gone backwards for three actors. I was like, all right, well, get we go. And I went and watched uh, watched all the Roger Moores, and then uh, I combined Lazenby with Connery. So I watched those in order because Lazenby only did one, and I didn't want to figure out how I was going to do that. So I just combined him with Connery. So you didn't watch the movies backwards you watched like you went through the pierce brosnan ones in order of pierce brosnan then you went back to okay it was memento style basically (laughs) that's right don't don't believe lazenby's lies (laughs) sure that's right and then uh, then i went and watched the non and then or whatever the non-eon ones as well so those are the only ones i haven't seen i've not seen uh never say never again and uh the original Casino Royale. Yeah, the original Casino Royale, which is um, astonishing. It is. Yeah, I hear that thing's a trip. Is bizarro, and I had weird dreams after I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me about these dreams. 
so like the movie um i recommend it it's i don't know if i would say it's good um it's funny right so the, the story behind it is basically that um, the dude that produced it had the rights to you know royale he had the rights to the book went to um what's his name albert albert alfred broccoli i don't remember i watched 26 of these movies and i don't remember uh, albert broccoli often known as cubby broccoli for some reason right so he went yeah. to cubby he said hey I, I own the rights to casino royale and you're making these james bond movies right so this is in the middle of connery playing james bond and i you know i've got the rights to this book pay me so i'm like pay me and you can make make casino royale and it's going to be great and uh, albert broccoli old cubby was like no i'm not i'm not going to do that so he was like, well, okay, well, I'm going to make this movie, like it or not. And he was like, well, how am I going to distinguish this from like the actual Bond series? Because like I can't go up against established property like that. So he made it into like a like a comedy, like a satire slapsticky comedy thing. Um, it's amazing. It's got David Niven and Peter Sellers and Orson Welles and like this just amazing cast um doing a comedy that makes no sense right like it was very clearly <laughs> it feels I, I don't even know how to address it but like basically james bond in in casino royale is like this extremely chaste proper british guy um david niven and he talks about like how oh there's this guy out there using my name he's this you know just about and and you know getting with all these women and he's upset about it and so um Spectre, which in this one is called Scherf for some reason, um decided that they're gonna corrupt James Bond. And so they like bring him to this Scottish castle and try to like seduce him with all these young women and this sort of thing. Scene of Smithers in the nightclub with the girls grinding up against him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And he, you know, he doesn't he he resists right? and and like the the lead bad guy lady falls in love with him because he's so charming and strong and all this stuff and unexpectedly right and then he decides he becomes the head of mi6 and names every agent james bond everybody's james bond 007 now um oh, no. yeah and then like peter sellers is there and he's a james bond and then it actually gets into the plot of casino royale he goes to casino and has to beat la chief in Nicaragua. Um, so this and, this actually ends up explaining how there can be multiple bonds. They're all James Bonds over at MI6. Everybody's James Bond. Everybody's oh, James no. Bond 007. Uh, and it gets, you know, wildly confusing, of course. And that's the gag um, in the movie. And, and the joke being, you know, obviously that, you know, the James Bond film series does the same thing. Um, and so they're, they're ragging on There's a lot of ragging on the, like, actual James Bond series, which I imagine um, is a big part of the movie, right? That guy but, that wanted to sell it. But also, at the time, there had really only been Sean Connery. I guess that's true. Had Lazenby not done it at that point? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not Lazenby sure. Lazenby late 60s, or was he early 70s? It was, it was probably like 69 or so. Yeah, I want to yeah, say yeah, that. That was, probably, that was probably after it then. I don't know. Yeah. Set the I precedent. Mean, it's weird to me, too, is that I really like Honor Majesty's Secret Service. I do not care for Lazenby as Bond, though. Yeah. I, yeah, I've had this discussion. Like, it's one of the better Bond movies, one of the worst Bonds. Yeah. Um, if Connery had done that one, I think it probably would have been one of the, the very best. So quick note about uh, the movie's availability on streaming is, before this, this weekend, I thought, well, I'll just catch up on some of these movies that I haven't seen 
while I'm at work because I could download them from Amazon Prime. And so I watched Goldeneye. Uh, and then the next day, all of them were removed. So, oh, no. Uh, I guess it was like, all right, it's May, so now they're gone, I guess. Uh, yeah, the Brosnan ones it. are still on Netflix. But yeah, that's all of where them, I got. Yeah. Even then, though, those weren't available to download, so I couldn't like go watch them at work, which was the plan. Uh, so, yeah, I did end up watching Spectre, so I have seen all the Craigs. Uh, but I was going to watch The Living Daylights because I haven't seen that one. I'd seen a uh, License to Kill, uh, and I was going to maybe check out some of the uh, Conneries that have been uh, recommended to me. Because my only other experience with Connery Bond is trying to watch Dr. No and giving up pretty quickly. Yeah, Dr. No, I think, actually might be the latest appearance of a main villain in a James Bond movie. Because that dude shows up, like, in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. I, I describe that movie as being about watching Sean Connery walk across rooms. Uh-huh. <laughs> or, or sit down and play solitaire for a period of time. That yeah. was a thrilling, thrilling adventure in James Bond. Also a very bizarre opening credit sequence too with the three blind mice. What was that about? I actually really liked that. I liked that scene um, and the whole setup for that where the the blind men walking along and then being assassins or whatever. I liked that setup. Yeah, it's okay. It's just very weird. I do think it's bizarre that Dr. No was the book they decided to adapt first. Uh, rather than Casino Royale, because Casino Royale is really just a perfect like introduction to who James Bond is. Uh, but I think like Doctor No might have been like the most current book at the time, so that might have been why they did that. I don't quite remember. Well, my favorite thing about about Doctor No is, and I I didn't really think about it because it's so ubiquitous um, until I went back and rewatched all of these. um, Is the James Bond theme song? Imagine just coming out of the gate that this unbelievably iconic song um i'll bet they were real proud yeah yeah absolutely in fact i would say let's just start from there let's just go in chronological order uh dr okay. no your thoughts sucks terrible <laughs> <laughs> it's it's think maybe the worst connery bond um no. it's either um that one or diamonds are forever uh it's i'm gonna say are forever it's definitely diamonds are forever that is absolutely the worst sean connery one uh I would put Thunderball up there too, actually. No way. Thunderball is yeah. my favorite. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, but yeah, Dr. No is just an extremely slow start and a very lackluster introduction to who James Bond is and what he does. Uh, and like, partly because it's the first one in this really long running franchise, but it really doesn't kind of like line up at all with what James Bond ends up becoming as a series, like as soon as the second movie. So. I don't know. Like, Dr. No, you can kind of just, like, skip entirely. It's not really worth watching. At the same time, there was some stuff before I turned it off that I did like. Like, the bit where he goes in the hotel room and he's, like, putting the stuff over the door so he'd know if anybody came in. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's That's all in... The spy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also all in From Russia with Love, too, which I think is if you had to pick, like, a first James Bond movie and you were going with Connery specifically, like, From Russia with Love is a really good starting point. I have that on VHS. Some weirdo sent it to me. That's one of the ones that is, like, this is a spy movie, right? Like, it it feels very much, I don't know, maybe less Bond than Bond, right? It's not as, well, I mean, I guess it's still campy. 
Um, yeah, there's like that whole weird like Nazi hitman training camp thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they're just shooting rocket launchers and stuff. Right. <laughs> just right out in the open. Yeah, sure. Um and then like the whole way that Spectre meets at the start of that movie too, where he got like blowfeld up in this like this platform room with like the blinds halfway down so no one can see his face and then like I think that's where the whole Doctor Evil dropping people through the floor thing comes from. Actually, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, because yeah, he kills one of his his henchmen. Yeah, he like I think he electrocutes him in the chair. He, yeah, something like that. And then he like I think he drops him out of the chair, and the chair's like empty and smoking. Yeah, I think like after he kills the guy, he just disposes of him through the floor. Yeah, and then that's that's, right. that's when Will Ferrell is like, I'm I'm still alive, but I'm very badly <laughs> hurt. Remember that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you got to think about that, that whole series based on very limited, I mean, Blofeld is not in every Bond movie, you know what I mean? Like he's in like three or four, I guess. Something like that. Yeah. And and really disrespectfully dispatched by Roger Moore uh, later in the series. (laughs) Yeah. So I was mad about it. I was a little mad about it. We we can talk about the how and why of that too when we get there, because man, that is a, a story in itself. Uh. Yeah, but Dr. Yeah, no, I think um old old Honey Rider, Ursula Andress, I think is a great introduction yeah. to like the idea of a Bond girl. Um also so. speaking of just coming in real late at the movie, like she's yeah. also just like in the last act of that thing. She doesn't show up until they, they get to the island to confront Dr. No. Yeah. Gets with some other chick for a while. Yeah, that's right. And then just shoots her. Wait, does <laughs> he shoot her? Oh, no, he yeah. shoots the guy. That's the whole thing with the plain solitaire thing is he's waiting for the guy to come back in. That's right. Yeah. yeah he yeah. doesn't I don't think he kills her. I'm pretty sure she dies though. Before she the ought end to. of that thing. I just No, she remember. gets arrested. She gets arrested. Oh right. Okay. Because she, she comes back before or after the, the murderer guy, after the assassin is killed, she comes back and he pretends he's gonna call a taxi, I think. Or no, maybe that's before the assassin. He pretends he's gonna call a taxi. And it's actually the chief police and she arrested. See how much Dr. No I retained? It's all in the last part of the movie. The last like 30 yes. minutes is all I've committed to memory of Dr. No. Other than that, it's the bit with the cyanide cigarettes and like the booby trapping the room and the solitaire, and that's it. In the room playing solitaire. Yeah. That's uh, about cyanide cigarettes. Uh, there's an early part where a chauffeur comes to pick up James Bond, but the chauffeur is an assassin by uh, sent by Dr. No. Bond figures it out and corners him, and the guy's just kind of like, hey, let me have one last cigarette, uh, but he tries to bite into it because it's actually filled with cyanide. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. I thought maybe it was a situation like uh, in Breaking Bad. Oh. No. It's not. It's not anything like that. Well, why couldn't uh, they, from why, Russia why, with love. Why didn't they just make it poison and he would smoke it? At least it wouldn't like it, it would oh, be less suspicious. Why, did this, why didn't he naked snake this man i don't know yeah exactly i want to point out dr no introduced the idea of a villain with sharks um yes which is another theme throughout the james bond series skiing and ones with sharks rear projection skiing so the fish good. in the tank that's just like it's magnified glass when they shot it so they look real big and then they hand wave it by going like yeah i don't know these fish are radiated oh he says it's <laughs> magnified glass he says that oh he, he does i thought that that was like a filming thing and they were trying to make a point that the fish are radiated oh i think that they um probably only had that stock footage and so they stuck that back there and then they hand wave it by uh... saying 
Okay. I got my magnify glass so I can see these fish really big. <laughs> that, makes, that makes sense. Goddamn Dr. No. Uh, from Russia with Love, uh, which I think is actually probably my favorite Connery Bond. Um, just a really solid movie all around. Like, it is maybe the most grounded out of all the James Bond movies. Like, even knowing the stuff with Spectre at the start and the Nazi training camp, like, most of that movie is pretty, pretty grounded. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's what I was saying earlier. Like, it feels, I don't want to say it feels less like a Bond movie, but it feels less, like, campy or whatever than, than like, a Bond movie because it's all yeah. about, like, it's a spy movie, right? Like, it's yeah. straight up a spy movie that could be about James Bond. It could be any any kind of thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, the, the uh, yes, it doesn't quite feel like a James Bond movie. It feels like it could just be some totally unrelated thing of that era, but it also like holds up really well. Um, like the action sequences in that have a certain brutality to them that a lot of movies at that time did not have. Uh, I'm thinking like the fight in the train car in particular. So sorry, I, I got drastically distracted. My, my six-year-old walked up <laughs> and asked me a question. Um, <laughs> We're talking about the action scenes and from our show with love that have a little bit more um have a little bit more more fight to them yeah bond is very scrappy in that movie uh yeah, um all the stuff on the train that, yeah in particular just connery getting tossed around like a six yeah. by six foot room that's right and and you know i really like that um that happens to connery a lot connery gets his ass kicked a lot and he like captured a lot yeah. um and I kind of like that about him. Um, That's why they have him assault a lot of women, just to make him look stronger. Yeah, you got to <laughs> do that. Also, um, James Bond is incapable of of getting restful sleep unless he has just um, had a lady with him. Oh, sure. There's that, that whole thing in that movie, too. Like, Spectre's whole plot is to get this... Uh, it's a lector. It's a, a coding device. And they basically have Bond, like Bond is picking it up for MI6, but they're trying to intercept it. And then they're also coming up with like this weird plot to like shame James Bond by like filming him right. having sex with a woman, which like, right. when you see the way the, way the rest of that series goes, James Bond doesn't give a Did fuck about that. not care at all. It's like trying yeah. to shame Dennis Reynolds that way. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, dude, James Bond would film himself having sex. Come on. I like it's so creepy because they're doing it through like a two way mirror and they've got, um, yeah. yeah, these creepy like Russian dudes smoking cigarettes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's real good. Um, it's like the beginning yeah, that, of that Mission also... Impossible One, it's just gonna pull a mask off. It's Tom Cruise all along. That's right, um, secret, secret room just to capture this one moment on film. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but this movie is also the first, uh, of the Bond movies to establish James Bond's theme, uh, which is not the theme of the James Bond series, but like his personal theme that shows up uh, during a few action sequences in some of the earlier films, uh, which actually got pretty much copied wholesale uh, for Evangelion. Uh, that music just shows up during a lot of yeah. the fight scenes and then also uh -huh. is in Shin Godzilla for yeah. some reason. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good thing. I mean, Anno really poster. likes it. Yeah, it's it's Anno. Uh, but yes, I like how they did not change that song pretty much at all. It's just completely <laughs> just lifted right out of James Bond. Huh. Goldfinger. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a pretty good James Bond movie. That's the James Bond movie for a lot of people. It's the one that pretty much just established like what the James Bond formula is. Uh, yeah, that's your first like really. Well, I mean, I say that Doctor No is pretty campy villain too, but like he is off the wall. Goldfinger. Oh sure, I like the part where Goldfinger invites a bunch of like old timey Chicago mobsters to his uh, <laughs> to his right. ranch. It's <laughs> just. Yeah. These dudes you expect to be there with Tommy guns in zoot suits and just explaining how he's going to like irradiate all the gold in Fort Knox. Yeah, so his that's gold right. becomes more valuable, you see. Very good plan. I mean, hey, you know what? I don't think it would have worked. No. Of course care. it wouldn't. <laughs> don't care. But you got odd job in that movie. And he's throwing his hat around and he's chopping heads off of statues and he's crushing mobsters in cars at the junkyard. Yeah. I got a job as a villain, and I think he's he's silent because um, he probably only spoke Korean, and they didn't want to dub him. Which is weird because they dub Goldfinger's like all of his dialogue is dubbed. Why not? I love that. He's also this is the introduction of the um, slow murder mechanism. Uh, yes. All right. The laser. On. Wants him dead. You know, that's and that's a very very famous um, line, right? You expect me to talk? No, I expect you to die. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, well, you own a gun. <laughs> <laughs> you expect him to die. There's way more efficient ways to do that. Just I mean, stab if, him. Also, if he really wants him to die, like in a painful, slow way, like he could irradiate him, like the gun, like the gold. You yeah. Know? yeah. Just like, shove a bunch a of cyanide cigarettes into his mouth. Sure. Wait, make the laser move. Up. Make the laser move a little faster. Well, a little faster. Impossible. Yeah. You can't do that. Almost got him. Like it almost gets him. And then yeah, the lady scene. that was constantly betraying Goldfinger and that he knew was going to do that um, stopped the machine, didn't she? Doctor? The lady? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking about Pussy Galore? The woman? <laughs> that? Oh, no, it is. Oh, God. The <laughs> best name for a Bond girl, isn't it? I think so. Uh, I'm sorry, you mean Pussy Glore, that woman that James Bond totally sexually assaults inside the barn? That Pussy Glore? That's the one. That's the one. Pussy Glore. What a name. What a name. That's not even subtle. And, like, you know, at the time, I was like, maybe, maybe, like, at the time they were making this, like, this wasn't as obvious. (laughs) Like, no, it was. This is not a double entendre. It's just an entendre. Yeah. Might as well name her a lot of vagina. Nobody would do that. That would be silly. Uh, yeah, that uh, Goldfinger is like... I like Goldfinger quite a bit. Like, I, I think that is probably my second favorite of the Connery Bonds. Like, it's it's that and From Russia with Love. Uh, it's up there, yeah. I mean, it's it's a really... I think When I think of Goldfinger, I think of, like, iconic. Um, so much of that stuff is people think of when they think of James Bond. Um, you know, again, the, the laser scene, I expect you to die, the, the pussy galore as a name. And even if they haven't seen that movie, they know, yeah, pussy galore, the Bond girl. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Goldfinger as like an absurdist, absurd villain. People know Odd Job. Um, I think a lot of that stuff is just really iconic in the Bond series. I remember Odd Job from the Golden Eye game, where for some reason he's very short, which makes no sense because he is yes. taller than Sean Connery. He is impossible to kill because sure. you you had to point down you had to point your gun down yeah. whenever we played multiplayer no odd job that was a rule slappers only 
uh, Thunderball, the movie that you like. I don't care for it. Here Explain we go. Yourself. Debate of the century. I, I like um, I like Thunderball. Uh, the uh, actress that plays. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I think that um, the the actress that's the uh, supposed to be um, what Largo's. Um, what, what does she call him? His his her her sponsor or something like that. I think um, so. Yeah whatever reason they didn't want to like call out that they had some sort of like relationship um you get the absolutely absurd jetpack at the beginning that looks like it's made out of that i want to talk about that real quick because this is my issue with thunderball is the opening to that thing is at that point the most absurd thing in james bond still probably one of the most absurd things in james bond James Bond is having a mock funeral for himself, which is not going to be the last time that that happens in the series. Happens like at least five more times. Uh, And this is to like lure someone into a false sense of security about James Bond being dead. Uh, This person attended his funeral dressed as a woman. And so (laughs) Bond just, just shows up in this guy's study and just starts beating up this dude in drag. And then like... Is that the first one? Or is that that movie? Yeah, that's Thunderball. Uh, he then, like, when he kills him, just takes, like, a vase of flowers and just dumps the flowers out on this dude's corpse. And then when he gets out of there, just hops into a jetpack to fly, like, two blocks away to his car. It's I don't even know if it's two blocks. It's, like, the, the, the like car's waiting the right street. outside. Yeah. Hey, and then he, across the street. And then he gets in there, and he's already got dudes, like, right on his ass. And then I think he, like, pumps a bunch of, like, tar or something out onto the street. Yeah, and that's right. Oil is an oil slick. And so, like, yo, this movie's going to be badass. And then the next following, like, two and a half hours are some of the dullest things I've ever seen in a James Bond movie. I, I like the whole, like, the secret plot of, like, stealing the stealing the um, clear weapons and all that stuff. Um, and then the guy that plays the the pilot um, that, like, they, they, like, steal the face of the pilot and, like, you know, surgically alter him so he looks exactly like him and all that stuff. Yeah. That guy remarkably like um javier bardem in a lot of that movie um and it's just like when he's sitting in the uh sitting in the the and all this stuff and i am amazed by that and i don't know why that that is a thing that i like but it is i was like hey it's javier bardem this version of this story doesn't have james bond throwing his pp on somebody so <laughs> no that does not does not happen my um, input on thunderball is that uh yeah i had only seen the intro and uh, the bit where he's on a beach and like leans over and casually harpoons a guy, yeah. and so I was under the impression <laughs> that this movie must be great, and uh, apparently no, because Thomas is the first person I've ever heard that has liked it. There are great moments in that right. movie, uh, like that bit with the harpoon is actually like I can't remember if it's punctuated by or if it comes after. Um, like there's a bit where he's telling this woman that like somebody important to her, I think it's her brother has died. Brother, and, that's like, that's that scene right before he yeah. harpoons the guy, and he gets shaken up by this and puts his like glasses on to try to hide that it's actually getting to him. And like that's a really good character moment for James Bond. And then yeah, he totally just casually harpoons a dude and says something like "stick around" or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <he has> quit. <laughs> With all like... some steam in it. <sighs> But then, like, the whole, like, final fight sequence in this thing is, like, a bunch of dudes underwater very slowly kind of tussling with each other. And Really, it does suck. And it it gets really confusing as to who is who. 
oh yeah and then this is like intercut with james bond actually fighting largo on the boat itself where they for some reason decided to like speed up all the footage to make it seem punchier but instead yeah. it looks like a goddamn cartoon like Still... them just wailing on each other and then like frantically steering this boat around so it doesn't crash into anything that's right. Yeah, the, the the boat driving itself is, I think, the the part that's the most sped up, isn't it? Did they actually speed yes. up the fight too? It's... They sped up portions of that fight. Yeah, okay, but the yeah. boat itself is like they really ramped up the speed on that. Oh, uh, see, I think maybe you're confused. It it's uh, they actually slowed it down. It was like Bruce Lee movies. They had to slow it down so no, you could see Sean they Connery's were just movements. So dramatic. Oh, I see. Sean Connery's imperceptible to the naked eye unless That's you right. slow him down. Sean Connery, famous for the one-inch punch. <laughs> I will say, Sean Connery is... I mean, maybe Daniel Craig is more, but Sean Connery is, like, the most, um, like, like burly-looking Bond. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he looks the yeah. most like he could kick my ass. Yeah. Um, Daniel Craig is up there, um, but I feel like it's it's hard to compare... Um, somebody you know like 50 years later 40 50 years later modern action film to to 1960s bond well um, that, that's kind of a good point though because like you know you look at most people from back then and uh boy standards have changed a lot back then action hero could look like uh i don't know like look at professional wrestlers from back then for example sure like you know dusty Rhodes. Uh, he would not make it today. Yeah, there's big guys. Uh, so kind of wanted to get into this too, but Thunderball is a kind of a big moment for the James Bond franchise from like a legal perspective too, because this is where they started getting into this whole dispute over who owns the rights to the character of Blofeld and Spectre, all this stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. so for a while, um, they they still use him in some subsequent movies, but then there's this large gap where just nothing's kind of done about Blofeld because they could not like get at that character. Uh, and that is how Never Say Never Again also comes about is, uh, I can't remember this the name of this dude who had this dispute, but basically he got the rights over that one story in the end and then made right. a competing James Bond movie with Sean Connery in it. And it's just a remake. Yeah. It, or effectively a remake of, of Thunderball. Yeah, yeah, but I think his goal was to have like a competing series, and then that never went anywhere because no one saw Never Say Never Again. Connery is a uh, hundred years old in that, and uh, massively out of shape. Oh yeah, and doesn't doesn't look great. Doesn't look like uh, James Bond of yore. Yeah, but then like at the same time, I've not sat through and watched that movie from beginning to end. Like I've seen it at various points on TV and just kind of jumped in wherever it was at. I still think that's a more entertaining movie than Thunderball is actually. Maybe. Like, there's more going on. Yeah, yes. I didn't like uh, it. There. You didn't like Thunderball. I got you to admit it. I win. Yeah. I <laughs> guess. If I, didn't, if I didn't like Never Say Never Again, then I didn't like Thunderball. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, and so Honor Majesty's Secret Service is what came after Thunderball. No, you, no. you only live twice. Yep. Okay. I always get that mixed up. You Only Live Twice is the second most racist James Bond movie. Yeah. This one also, I want to say, opens up on James Bond's funeral. (laughs) Yes, it does. It absolutely does. I think this is the one you were thinking of. I don't think... No, he was right. Is it? Do both of them start with a funeral? Uh, No, let's see. You Only Live Twice starts... uh, Starts with his funeral. Spacecraft Jupiter 16's hijacked from orbit... 
Uh, the big James rocket Bond opens sent up. to Tokyo after faking his own death in Hong Kong. So okay. yeah, he fakes okay. his own death very early. He gets like yeah. flipped up in a Murphy bed and machine gunned. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's, it's awesome. The lady's got a button on the wall to flip the Murphy bed up. Just and of course, like, yeah, Sean she's Connery's not really killing him. Legs sticking out of it. <laughs> Bunch of blood pooling on the ground. Oh, here, yeah. here's the mistake with Thunderball. You were kind of correct. Uh, James mm. Bond was attending the funeral of a Spectre operative who was disguised as his own widow, but Bond identifies him. Oh, so it wasn't yeah, Bond. That's right. That's the guy dressed, the guy dressed as a lady. I swear to God, he he fakes his own death though at other points in the series. Like it's not just a one and done thing. Oh, it uh, definitely happens later. I mean, Daniel Craig does it. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like how there's multiple Zatoichi movies that open up on him playing a game where he has to, like, shoot an arrow into a target, and he asks for the smallest one. And there's, at one point, this happens, like, literally two movies in a row, and it is maddening. <laughs> you know what? People liked it the first time. Just do it again. Sure, yeah. Look, it's a really effective way of communicating that Zatoichi can't see, but also he can see better than most people, man. He's and... like Daredevil. Also, back then, they didn't have home video. If you missed yeah. it, hey, you just go see the next one where True. it's in the theater. Yeah. Zatoichi's just like Daredevil. In fact, the same accident that blinded Daredevil also blinded Zatoichi. Yeah. And created the Ninja Turtles. Exactly. Daredevil's, oh. a, Daredevil's a knockoff? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. A little uh, bit. Yeah. They had that one like ongoing gag in the boondocks about Zatoichi. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah, never say ne not never say never again. You only you only live twice. 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 I can't keep these movies straight. There's like twenty five of them. Um, yeah, this movie's super racist. It is it wildly <laughs> wildly racist? Um, it also is like one of the fastest moving James Bonds. Like the, the yeah. pace is so fucking whiplash in this thing, and yet it feels like nothing's happening. No, like what I hate about um, you only live twice. Um, the, the entire beginning. Um, it's really unclear, like what anybody's motivation is, like especially um, uh, what's his name, Tiger. Like he he's like catching James Bond in weird ways, and like just like being a dick to him, and it, and it doesn't make any sense why he would do that. And then what really sucks is that you get the this is the movie where you get the volcano lair, yeah, right? which which then becomes like an iconic spoofy thing of James Bond, like obviously in the Austin Powers movie, but again. It's one of those very iconic things yeah. is a villain in a volcano lair. And it really stinks that you can't do that in, or you did that in, in like one of just the absolute worst movies. Yeah. Like up until this point, the, the villains lairs were just like a resort. Uh, and like, I don't know, like a barn basically. So like, it, yeah, setting it in a volcano and then also just like, having Palance play Blofeld and that and just giving a really creepy performance of yeah. that character. Like petting the, the cat and just his face is all fucked up. Donald Pleasance, not Donald Jack Pleasance. Palance. Well, well, you know. I oh, would what? like to see Same Jack difference. Palance though. That would, yeah. Yeah. Would, been good. would be fantastic. Would yeah. be fully on board for that. Um, not even yeah, sure that's that becomes weird about that is that I think in the very next movie, um Ofeld does not recognize James Bond. Yeah. It it almost it's, feels like right. so part of why I get them backwards too is honestly it feels like Honor Majesty's Secret Service should take place before you only look twice. He doesn't have a scar. Telly Savalas doesn't have a scar in Honor exactly. Majesty's Secret Service. And then um 
I thought when I first started watching on Her Majesty's Secret Service, I was like, is this guy's like Blofeld's brother or like <laughs> something like that? And it's like, no, that's just Blofeld. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't recognize James Bond, a man who he looked straight into the eyes of in the last movie. I guess he was disguised as a Japanese man. So maybe he... <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to be fair, one of Blofeld's eyes is, was not good in that movie. So, you know. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of depth perception. So that's going to yeah, be, be a concern for him. Yeah, but then he just shows up in the second one, you know, picking tinsels off of trees and just holding the cigarette like a real cool guy. Yeah. I really um, like the way he holds his cigarette in that thing. It is weird but also very cool. Um, but yeah, like the, the whole bit with James Bond dressing up as a Japanese guy. Um, it's horrible. They like stick a monolid his eyes. Yeah. yeah. Dye his and hair and like give him a all, haircut. This is all happening in like a really weird, like sterile room that looks like it came out of like Electroma or something. And <laughs> it's like some kind of elaborate surgery and they're just like sticking a plastic <laughs> eyelid on him yeah. and dyeing his hair. Like, oh no, here's the pig mole. Like, Okay. They make, him, they make him go through a wedding. He uses disguise for like a day. It also just it doesn't even look like a Japanese man. Is my favorite part of this. It's just like we kind of made Sean Connery look a little bit more ugly. Yeah, we dyed Sean Connery's hair and gave him a bad haircut. Yeah, like, we now he's Japanese. No one will know. No one will be the wiser. Yeah, and I don't even remember what the point of that even was. Like, I guess it was to get into the town that was, like, near the yeah. volcano, but, like, he's only in it for, like, 20 minutes. Good day. Yeah, that's right. He uses that disguise, get on a boat, I think, undetected, and get into the village. Yeah. He's wearing, like, a big hat and, like, scrunched up, and it's like, oh, no, he could have just done that. He didn't have to get, literally get married in order to disguise. He could have pretended she was his wife. He does yeah. in other films. Um, but no, he literally actually got married to a Japanese lady. God. Awesome. Yeah. It's terrible. Living that's the dream. That's why the, um, he rides the tiny, the tiny helicopter in this one, which is another oh, right. um, fun James Bond thing. Isn't he just like reading a Playboy in a hallway at some point in that movie too? He just whips out like a porno mag and is just reading it and then just like tosses it away or something. I don't know. That movie's weird. It's weird. Under Majesty's Secret Service is also weird because uh, Sean Connery looks real different in that movie. <laughs> it, it's weird. All ability of acting has left him. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I love in the very beginning, he just looks straight into the camera like some kind of idiot and says that the last guy didn't have to deal with, I don't know, a fight on a beach, I guess. Yeah. Last guy didn't have to deal with this. And then, yeah, you get hit by the intro. Uh, this is the first James Bond movie to take place in a ski resort, which is also a location that the series revisits a lot. Yeah. Uh -huh. All green uh, screen, too. So it's not like, oh, Roger Moore loves skiing. Nope, he's I'm not sure. skiing. Uh, but I really like the look of Blofeld's base in this. It's just like way, way, way high up in this mountain and just has this really kind of cool like late 60s early 70s kind of look to it uh which Tully Savalas is my favorite Blofeld I I really like him even though his plan is incredibly dumb it's it's just I got a bunch of women here and I'm hypnotizing them while they sleep so they like I don't know fried chicken or something they are sexy ladies that are going to enjoy foods that they don't like previously yeah um and that's going to that's going to get rid of their allergies but in fact what he's doing getting them to believe expose the world to a disease that will kill a certain species of animal then 
threaten to do it again. It is that's the, right. It's the longest walk to a villain's main plan in a James Bond movie, and it, it makes no sense at all. And like the foundation of it is, yeah, just like, I don't know, I got these women sleeping in this room and I put a strobe light on and I'm talking to them while they sleep and now they like foods they don't like. So it just like ridiculous. Well, also, isn't the whole thing that he's basically, he's trying to blackmail the world to pardon him or something? Yes, yes. Yeah. He wants yeah. them to forgive him for his past crimes. And he wants to be, he wants to be Duke or whatever, Duke, Duke Blofeld, yeah. like that. Yeah. It's the whole conceit is that Bond is like this based and i think they imply that he is gay right? like the ladies are like oh i get it he doesn't like women when their first dinner and then he when he visits the ladies in their rooms like oh i thought you didn't like women and he's like no you're so special that's why because you're so beautiful yeah then so he, is, he falls in love with one of them which is a, a major point in this movie that he actually he ultimately gets married and decides uh, yes god what an boy. incredible ending oh my god yeah so um, like for as bizarre as blofeld is for this entire movie like to the point he really seems unhinged but the performance that telly gives him makes him seem very grounded and suave and it's kind of just weird in itself but yeah like the movie just cooler. ends with him driving up in a car and just fucking shooting just dumping into james bond's car it's amazing he doesn't get he doesn't get caught there's no consequences he yeah. just straight up drive-by shoots james bond yeah and murders his wife spoilers for a movie that came out i can't even remember how long ago 40 years ago or whatever 50 years ago um yeah it's last, astonishing last the last line of now we have all the time in the world is like actually like a good genuine gut punch at the end of that movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's all he is really, really. And you know what they mention in later Bond movies that he was married once. Yeah, um, which I think that happens. It happens in the Roger Moore movies. I want to say it happened in the Daniel Craig movies that they mention it. I think um, it does. Yeah. Either him after, or after the Vesper thing or like when he meets Vesper in Casino Royale. I remember them sitting on the beach. Uh, which was, I think, the third time that movie should have ended. Um, <laughs> and talk about, I think they mentioned that he was married once. Mm-hmm. You were going to say something, Larry? Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say it's kind of a waste of Diana Rigg, though. Like, it, she's great, would have been great as a recurring character, but, you know, what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. going to murder uh, her with a machine gun. Yeah. Honor Majesty's Secret Service, though, really good movie. Worst Bond. The, well, actually, no, not the worst Bond, but pretty pretty close to being the worst Bond. Okay, uh, go ahead and tell me who's your worst Bond. Yeah, it's Roger Moore. Yeah, it's He's very bad. Sucks. <laughs> he has the most movies. Yeah, yeah, they spent a lot yeah. of time on Roger fucking Moore being James Bond. Still, um, I still rank Lazenby the lowest because um, mm. he's a very he's a very bad actor. I mean, Roger Moore is too. Oh sure, uh, yeah, like Lazenby, he really, he really is bad. Yeah. I think you instinctively hate him also because he replaces Sean Connery, who is the best Bond. Yeah. So you go from Connery yeah, yeah. to Lazenby, and then back to Connery again, and I think the the contrast is so dramatic. Um, I, hate I think him more. Part of that too, though, was this intentional thing of trying to spite Connery because, like, Lazenby himself is just an absolute goddamn hippie. 
Right. And so I, I think that that might have been part of it. Like, okay, we don't want to pay you more. You're replaceable. Also, we will replace you with a fucking hippie. Yeah. Somebody that is totally, totally different. Yeah. But hey, guess what? Sean Connery got more money and then came back for one of the worst James Bond movies. Definitely so the worst bad. Sean Connery movie. And they paid him a lot. Like it was. Yes. Oh, wouldn't you? Like probably oh, the they highest him to come paid back. actor ever at that point. Yeah. Uh, they needed him to come back. It was too. Season B was so bad. What What are your other options? Right. You got to beg. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, diamonds are forever. Uh. Just as much as You Only Live Twice has a real problem with Asian people, Diamonds Are Forever seems to have a problem with gay people in particular, because uh, you got like that main henchman duo that are just like hysterically gay. That's right, yeah. They're, they're always holding right? hands, and they have Mr., Mr. Somebody and Mr. Somebody. They never say their first names. Yeah, but isn't oh. John Glover playing him, I think? Oh, I Crispin's dad? Mm. I, oh. I think so, yes. Uh, but I do know they have that bit like they show up at the very very end on that boat and like James Bond I can't, I can't remember what he does essentially gives the guy a wedgie and he's like ooh oh it's Bruce, he knows. Bruce does that happen? But they, yes. they show up on the is it on the boat at the end when they're when the guy yes. gets set on fire and stuff yeah uh, they, they show up at the very end it's like they're, a yacht they're, or something yeah they're kind of in there throughout the movie there's of course the scene where James Bond is just beating the shit out of two women in a pool because of course, <laughs> that's right. It's so funny. Las it's Vegas, funny. We show up and they break like, out. What's going um, on here? Do we need to make an arrest? And then uh, Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean shows up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got <laughs> Blofeld in drag at some point during this. Also, third actor now to play Blofeld. Uh, just really whipping through him. Yeah. Um, actually, fourth technically because you see him uh, in. Diamonds are for not oh, Jesus uh, from Russia with love, and you see him in Thunderball, but you don't see his face. But see his face yeah. um, actually, the guy who played him there was uh, the guy who played the. Uh, he was in Doctor No. He was the guy who like had to put the spider in James Bond's room. He was the one that James Bond shot after playing Solitaire. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, Fun fact. Yeah, well, also, a little bit of James Bond I, I would just like to apologize to John Glover. Uh, from Gremlins 2, I was confusing him with Bruce Glover. So it, it was Bruce Glover. Uh, Glover Bruce Glover. Crispin's dad. And uh, I was looking that up as well because I wanted to know who it was. The other guy is a jazz musician. His name was Putter Smith. That was the, the guy with the actual hair. Putter. It's a good name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But the main villain in this is uh, based off of. Um... Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Who's the guy that the aviator is about? Oh, Howard Hughes? Yeah. Because uh, he's just shut in uh, all the time. Blofeld refuses to leave his uh, penthouse, uh, which is why when he does eventually leave, he does so in drag, so nobody can recognize him, uh, even though, again, totally changed his face. Like, that's a whole thing at the start of this movie, is that they're, like, pouring mud over him to, like... Oh, that's him making... His... That's him making a... Uh, like a, a, like double. a body double yeah, yeah but then that's right they, they also imply that he also went through like some sort of reconstructive surgery wait hold on himself some hair and that's like thing. Yeah. they're making homunculuses of him out yes. of mud or <laughs> okay yeah there's this weird thing of them like pouring mud on people and molding his face onto the people yeah, and they're, like, they're... james bond kills the body double by boiling him alive in mud 
thinks uh, that and thinks that he has gotten revenge for the murder of his wife. Yeah, even though he did not. Uh, this is also after he interrogates a woman by pulling her bikini off and strangling her with it. Yeah. Right. Oh my god! And that is from the get, bud. Like, yeah, right out of the gate. I don't think he's even spoken a word at that point because they make a kind of a deal of introducing, hey, it's McConnery again. Yeah. And he just walks up, whips this lady's bikini top off. Yeah, oh, man. man. Can't do that, James Bond. You can't just do that. Sure, he this can. Movie, and he did. This movie, though, also has a scene that is like permanently burned into my mind where I, I can't remember what Blofeld is doing exactly, but there's a bit where like you see a Chinese soldier and there's like a like a flash of a nuke or something, and the soldier just goes, Aye! and then it cuts away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also got the bit where James Bond slides like a, I can't remember if it's like a data disc or something into the Bond girl's bikini and then just leans into her ear and goes, bitch. <laughs> he's pretending, he's pretending that she has betrayed him. Yeah. And so he, he slips it into her bikini because she's supposed to um, get rid of it. So he has switched the data disc or the data. It's like a tape. It's like a cassette tape. Yeah. He's replaced it with like just music supposed to have like the guidance for the missile on it, I guess. And he's replaced it with music, and then he slips the the tape into her bikini. And her intent, what he intends for her to do, is to just get rid of it so that Blofeld doesn't know that there was another tape ever. Um, but instead, she thinks she's supposed to switch the tape, and so she switches the tape again, putting the correct tape back into it. And he says something else to her, like now, now just to her, not trying to pretend that she's betrayed him. And he calls her some kind of name. Um, like he might call her a dumb bitch. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah definitely he definitely calls her a bitch at some point and just has this weird inflection to it. But yeah, she's also like one of the absolute worst uh, Bond girls, just incredibly dumb, constantly fucking everything up and just whining at James constantly about he everything. He calls her dumb a ton. Yeah. He is dragging her. Yeah. Like, look. I get that in the movie, it's probably because it has a problem with women, but also eh, she's pretty dumb. She's pretty dumb. I also find the fake moon landing in this one. Oh, right. They drive, like, right through it. He steals the he steals a moon buggy that is, like... <laughs> like is this a, like a good, actually? <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very dumb. I do like the um, the bit where he gets, like, trapped in a crematorium um that's pretty intense it's a pretty intense scene yeah yeah that dead girl floating in the pool and you can totally like you see a bit more than i think they were intending Uh, which on the the blu-rays by the way becomes a recurring thing uh because they cleaned up those intros to a point that they were never meant to be seen a whole lot of nipples (laughs) Um, i also i'm curious about this is another one where blofeld's plan pretty bizarre where he calls a bunch of diamonds to make a laser and like i don't think that's how lasers work. i'm not sure but i don't think you make like a big shield out of diamonds i mean yeah. wasn't that mr freeze's plan was he stole all the diamonds from gotham so he could make a giant freezing laser uh, sure so he's basically blowfeld i mean yeah exactly like, the, like the scientist that was with Blofeld that like helped him make the satellite, like his goal was just nuclear disarmament. And so he's like, yeah, like I'm going to do that. It's going to be great. And then Blofeld is like, yeah, no, we're doing it. Don't worry. We've just got to threaten to blow up a city. 
to take care of this. No big deal. And the scientist's like, okay, 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 and sits back down. And then he's like, <laughs> hey, they're all they're all attacking us. I thought you said nobody was gonna attack us. And he's like, no, 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 it's good. We're just gonna blow up Washington, DC, and it's gonna solve all our problems. Don't worry about it. And the guy's like, okay, 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 as long as we get rid of all the nukes. He's just oh, he's like, okay. He's nervous about it, but he just keeps blow up, just keeps telling him to sit down. He's like, No, all right, I'll do that. So we're through the Sean Connerys. Uh, best one, worst one, Thomas. The worst one, um, no question, is Diamonds Are Forever. Agreed. Um, I am pro Thunderball, I think. Um, I know, yeah, you're not you're okay. not a fan of that. No, it's your choice. It's fine. Like, I, I mean, it would be Goldfinger, right? Would be the other... You you like from Russia with love? Yeah, from Russia with love is easily my favorite of the Connerys. That's up there for me in like my top five Bonds. Period. Really good. Like I don't think it's. Yeah, I mean, good. I mean, Connery's my favorite Bond, and so I think it's you know for me, I want to. If you want to go to Thunderball, you can go to you can go to Thunderball. That's fine. That's I don't gotta live with that. Also, think like I said, I think Goldfinger too. Um, the, the sort of iconic car is Goldfinger as well. Like so much of that stuff is like really iconic Bond. Yeah. Um, the Aston Martin debuts in that, which I got to see in person. It was pretty sweet. Uh, I was, oh, nice. went to a, a spy museum in New York. It's like an interactive thing called Spyscape. It was pretty cool. And uh, we we finished the the Spyscape, the actual museum, and you had to pay extra. You had to pay like twenty bucks to go see the car. <laughs> um, and we didn't we didn't pay for it right because i'm like well i'm not it's just the car i'm not gonna pay 20 dollars to see it yeah. um and so we went to the at the end there's the gift shop right you exit through the gift shop of course so we walk around and we we walk up and they gave us a free cup of coffee and like we're the only people in there because we, we went early and we're just like chatting with the guy and they've got james bond themes playing you know in, in the in the gift shop and we're, we're like all right we'll see you later and we start walking there's an exit sign so we start walking towards the exit and we're just walking along it's this really long hallway nobody in it and i'm like well i don't know i don't know what this is and there's a door at the end so we open up the door and it's the entrance to the james bond exhibit i'm like oh we're in here for free now like that's it and i'm doing it um <laughs> so we went in and we saw the whole the whole james bond exhibit for free nice. um and it was awesome because they they had like all kinds of stuff they had like the, the wheels where the thing pops out of the wheel and they had that on display and they had like all the different gadgets on display you could touch them like you could turn the little thing that turns the license plate. The only thing you weren't allowed to touch was the car, um, obviously. Mm. But they had it like set up so you could really look at it. You could look in the window, and they had like the little center console that held a champagne bottle for Pierce Brosnan. Open up, <laughs> had a little champagne bottle in it. Um, and there was a whole other section of like all these production stills and like um, drawings that the guy had done, um, like uh, to test out like the different car, what he wanted it to look like, and what all the different and stuff were going to be it was really neat um how they how they had it all set up so it turned out to be cooler probably worth the 20 bucks but i didn't have to pay for it see i thought you meant like it was 20 dollars just to see the car yeah like, there it was, was other yeah stuff. no no oh it's an additional 20 dollars to see the car i believe oh okay so, so i paid for the museum which was it was inexpensive like, i think it was 20 or 25 bucks maybe but it was a really good it's like an interactive museum um and so you go through and they're like these little things where you ask questions or answer questions and they're like um, tests that you do where like you put on a set of headphones and they've got like giant circular room with probably, I don't know, 100 or so security cameras going. Then it's like, okay, find you know, the musicians and what what camera are they on? And it's supposed to be like, you know, this is what it looks like to try to 
know, observe or whatever. And then they do a sweet laser grid thing where you have to like run through a laser grid. Um, huh. So like, you know, in the movies where they've got all the lasers going everywhere and you have to like press the buttons in laser grid and like get from one end to the other. Um, and then like they have a lying test where you like put your hands down and you lie and they tell you how good you are at lying. Um, and then at the end, they assign you a type of spy that you are. It was really neat. What kind of spy were you? I was a like an operative. The the example that they gave you, the, the fictional Jason example. Bourne? No, the fictional example was Ethan Hunt. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was Ethan, like, Ethan Hunt wouldn't pay twenty bucks to go see a car, so that that checks out. Oh, and that's what they said. Like one of the questions was like, if you could get away with something, <laughs> would you do it? Yeah, I guess I would, huh? Yeah. See, they let you in there. That was the real test. That's right. They were they were watching the whole time. So we got uh, a lot of Roger Moore movies that we got to get through. Into so... the Dark Ages, and now we're in. Yes. Here, we, Here go. we go. All right. This might have to be a two-part episode because there are <laughs> seven of these fuckers, and they are all remarkable for all the wrong reasons. Um, live and let die. And we should. We should make this a two-week thing. Let's come yes. back next week for the yeah, let... uh, ones after more. Yeah, I was going to say, let's get through the more. Modern. So we'll come back next week. Um, um, yeah, the start of Modern Bond. So uh, this movie opens up on... Um, basically, so real popular meme right now is a bunch of uh, guys just dancing with a casket on their shoulders. That's basically the intro to this movie. Eh. Yeah. Uh, this is, I, I think, I think is probably the most racist um, oh, James definitely. Bond movie. Yeah. Um, it's amazing they didn't try to turn James Bond into a black guy halfway through, frankly. It felt like they were gonna. It really did. I yeah. thought when he was driving into Harlem and I'm like, no, they finna do this, huh? Um <laughs> and it's I mean, it is so racist. I mean, from the get, and I was just like I don't know how many minutes I was into the film and I said out loud, Oh no. Um, <laughs> what sucks is I think this is objectively the best theme song. Yeah, Bond movie. Um, and the introduction to Roger Moore as Bond. Yeah, isn't it just like him and his uh, his apartment or something like that? He has to like uh, like hurry a woman out of there. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. It's <laughs> all right. Great. It's just um, uh, yeah. yeah. The the intro to this movie though, with the whole like uh, funeral per, uh, procession thing, and then also that intro music is really really good and then the movie just dives off of a sheer cliff right down horrible just straight into racism uh this is also the movie that introduces us to um oh god what is his name the sheriff oh Oh, yeah yeah Yeah, sheriff pepper who is a recurring character in the roger moore bonds they thought that this guy was just so good he had to be back multiple times JW Pepper, you ain't gonna get away from me. Oh, Jesus fucking oh, no. Christ. Sucks. <laughs> this is like this is also the one though where he drives off that bridge and the car does the corkscrew and then has a slide whistle, right? Or is yes. that okay? <laughs> I think that's correct. <sighs> Jesus. It's so bad, right? It's so bad. Jesus um, Christ. He does the thing there's... where he like jumps across the crocodiles too. He runs across the top of the crocodiles because they they put him out in the middle of the crocodile pit and like throw a bunch of chicken around yeah. him. Um, yeah, it's what you do and, down in Louisiana when you want to hide a body. Just dump a bunch of chicken breasts on the dude and mm-hmm. let the crocs have at him. Yeah, they probably should have shot him. Yeah, and let the crocs have him. I don't know. Just, I mean, they had like a giant laser or something. 
could they, use that. <laughs> that would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. Slowly slide it bed, and we're slowly hoisting a crocodile down to you. This is the one with Jane Seymour in it, right? Or is that man is. with the golden gun? Okay. That's this one. That where she's the uh like the tarot card lady. God. Uh, sure. I don't know. Kananga, who who believes like seriously in in hoodoo or voodoo or whatever yeah, else. Yeah, what if every black character in this were like a caricature of black people? Like uh what what if they were super servile or were way into voodoo stuff? Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of voodoo stuff. You got uh, Baron Sametti. Yeah. Miss Top Hatted. I really guy. do like the design of that character, though. He looks cool. Uh, just the, also... That's just what he looks like, right? Because yeah. he's, a, he's a character in, in that culture. Uh-huh. Just, that's just what yeah. he looks like. Uh, and then they had that bit at the end where it's like a, it's a train that's like, driving away and like he's on the back of it right and it shows like oh yeah. he actually survived and he's just like laughing that's right that's, that's good uh the bond villain in this has a real good death too i don't know how it works exactly but he gets turned into a balloon and pops yes that's right <laughs> he uses one of those it's like a dart gun yeah what are you he, saying it's, it's like compressed air in it it's like the yeah. end of um uh big trouble in little china yes, yes. that's right well, he just blows up because he, he's mad well, he, yeah. uh, he inflates and literally floats into the air and then punctures himself on like a stalactite, I think, and just like blows up. Blows up <laughs> amazingly. Do so, you know that actually happens in uh, a? There's a. I think it was a Law and Order um, uh, special victims unit episode. They have the exploding shark gun. So when he when he brought it out, I was like, oh yeah, it's a real thing. You got an exploding shark gun. At least according to this Law and Order, because they couldn't figure out Law and Order like what the guy. He blew up or whatever. That sounds like just one of the things like Ice T Bot would say. Like we found him behind a dumpster, strung out on exploding shotgun. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, this is uh, this is also something that like I think Larry has showed you showed you this, and I had showed Larry this prior. But uh, when these movies ended up on YouTube, they all had these uh, thumbnails uh, whipped up. <laughs> And the yeah. picture of Roger Moore in this is absolutely not Roger Moore. It doesn't look a That's single thing like him. Yeah, this is like a wax dummy that somebody made of a totally different actor. Uh, and I say we use that as the thumbnail for this episode so everyone can appreciate not Roger Moore. Okay, fine. Look, you, okay. you keep dictating what thumbnails for me to use. Last time You're it was welcome. tiny Robert Picardo. That's right. <laughs> uh so yeah, sure. Why not? Look, I'm I'm the one who drew the thumbnail that we use for most of these episodes. Yeah, so okay. I am the uh, yeah. You get to make the you get to make the call. Look, uh, Larry has a lot of authority on this podcast, but the one thing he has no control over is the thumbnails. That's right. <laughs> so um, I, I was going to mention this movie that the the bad guy owns a bunch of soul food restaurants as well. <laughs> All right. <sighs> this movie sucks so much. Oh my god. Really, it's really very worse. bad, and uh, they just kind of, they stuck with it. They stood like by their man. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. That's how desperate they were. If it had been like, if this had been the movie Lazenby was involved in, they would have just like stopped production a quarter of the way through, and just started oh, sure. over. Yeah. Just give, yeah, just give up on that. It's it's really really really. Yeah, man. Um, um with Golden Gun. Man with the Golden Gun is a much better movie, uh, although I still struggle with whether or not it's just better inherently or because it comes right after 
Uh, uh, we'll say um, my favorite thing about Man with the Golden Gun is that it opens with an incredibly dramatic reveal that Scaramanga has three nipples. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, yeah. it is dramatic. There's dramatic music and a whole thing about revealing that a man has three nipples. And having never seen the movie, I was like, oh, man, I hope that's plot relevant. And, buddy, it sure is. It yeah. sure is. Yeah, you get some payout um, for that. Yeah, and I was, I was so pleased um, when I saw that. Some other things uh, about Scaramanga is uh, he charges a million dollars a shot, and he always has to have sex with a pretty lady before he does a murder. That is that part of the rules for Scaramanga? That is or part of the rules happens? for Scaramanga. He must have sex with a pretty lady. And hey, you know what? If you're the best, you're the best. Yeah, no, he's... <laughs> He is extremely straight, and he needs everybody to know this. That's right. <laughs> uh, he has uh, he's got a a fun assistant though. I'm I'm blanking on the character names. The dude from Fantasy Island though, and also uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, great. Uh, and, he, and he is fucking fantastic in this movie. He is just really really good in pretty much everything that he is in, uh, and I like him a lot here. Uh, Scaramanga also has a flying car, by the way. Almost forgot about that. Don't know how it is. And it looks, it's bucks. It's My literally God. just a car with wings on it. And it's, it's, wings. it's amazing. It worked. It worked. He flew in the car. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, you did. Also, I'm going to come right out and say it. This is a controversial opinion. The golden gun looks stupid. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. Well, it's because it, it like, it's, it's, it's in pieces with yeah. one bullet. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, it's like that SNL Kylo Ren bit where they're just like, it looks like somebody, like a baby, made that. Like somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah, like it looks like that gun should just blow up in his hands every time he tries to take a shot. The thing is, okay, so this is a weird reference. Uh, do you know uh, any of the characters from Kaneku Man or Ultimate Muscle? No, not really. Okay, well, there's a guy named Sunshine, and he's like a big orange or like yellow brick guy, and so. That's basically just like, I imagine him being a transformer and he turns into the golden gun because that's what it looks like. Or um, there's like a really old anime character. I think what Sunshine's actually a parody of called like Gold Lighter or something like he's literally a gold lighter. Okay. Uh, okay. So, yeah, th those that's what the golden gun reminds me of. Anyway, carry on. Uh, real quickly, um, I pulled up the wiki for uh, Francisco Scaramanga. Um, because I was I was just genuinely curious about some things for him, uh, and you mentioned that he's he's incredibly straight because he he sleeps with a lady every time. Um, but I wanna I wanna just read this real quick. So, um, M uh, has a profile for, and this is in the novel, not in the film. Has a a profile of uh, Scaramanga's background and psyche. This is just straight from the wiki. Among other things, the profile claims that Scaramanga might be a latent homosexual since he cannot whistle based on the popular but unfounded theory that a man who cannot whistle has homosexual tendencies. I've heard of that before. I've never heard of that, and that is bizarro. Yes, it is. I can't whistle and have learned something about myself today on this podcast. <laughs> you know, you I can, I can whistle literally any tune, because uh, I played trumpet for a long time, and that's you, you can whistle anything if you play the trumpet, and uh, that means I'm incredibly straight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you also have a kid. So, well, I mean, that doesn't matter. I assumed you were at least a little bit straight. Uh, I could not whistle at all until eh, maybe a few months ago when I just like started practicing at work because I had nothing else to do. And so now I'm straight. Yeah. There you go. I can't believe you were nice, nice little change, time. little change of pace. Yeah. yeah. 
you just decided to be straight. That's how that works. That's right. <laughs> you swizzled one day. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's actually something that is a very recurring theme uh, in James Bond villains. Uh, so I was like only half joking when I said it, but in a lot of Fleming's books, there is some implication that the villain is gay or bisexual uh, because to Fleming, that is a sign of villainy. Yeah, I mean, it was scary. It was unknown. Oh, like, sure. You know, you don't want those kind of weirdos around, right? Yeah. <laughs> also, you know, maybe Fleming was working through some personal stuff at the time. I can say that because he's dead. That fucker ain't going to do anything to me. That's right. What's he going to do? Yeah. Rot right. is what he's going to do. That dude wrote Live and Let Die. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I don't give a fuck about him. Uh, Man with the Golden Gun, though, is very good. Uh, also has one of my favorite James Bond bases. Uh, like, Scaramanga's whole thing is just that he gets a real thrill out of killing dudes, but he wants a challenge. Uh, so James Bond presents, like, um, he views himself as being James Bond's opposite in a lot of ways. Uh, and so he wants to get him back to his island and, and just have a shot at murdering him. Like, have a good old duel. Uh like, to the point that, like, the, the villain that they prop up in the first half of the movie, he just, like, kills. He's like, ah, whatever. I don't care about your plan. I just want to fight James Bond. And Scaramanga also, uh, he doesn't he also have sharks? I don't know if he has sharks. No, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of a uh, dude from Thunderball. I'm yeah. thinking of uh, Largo had sharks. Yeah, easy mistake. Um, I mean, they're, they're both does... on islands or whatever. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, Golden Gun is, like... Uh, yeah, he's got a whole island. There's, there's got to be sharks around there oh, somewhere. There's definitely sharks around oh, there. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he have a, uh, he has a laser? Yeah, like that's part of the whole like the Solex thing. That's oh good. yeah, that's right. Because like that's weird. Because that that whole thing is like it, it matters for blowing up his base at the end of the movie. But like honestly, Scaramanga's whole thing is just wanting to fight James Bond. So like the Solex stuff seems pretty like incidental, I guess. Like it, it doesn't feel like it has the weight that it maybe should. Uh, but the actual final fight in this movie, um, I meant to look up the character's name, and I forgot to do that. <laughs> Who was oh, it? What was his name? Uh, what's his see. deal? It's the uh, it's Scaramanga's henchman, Knickknack. That's what oh. it is. Oh. Uh, the final fight of this movie is like James Bond uh, and Goodnight. Like they leave on this boat, and then Knickknack is there suddenly and starts attacking post-coitus James Bond. Uh, and James Bond like shoves him in a suitcase because uh, he's very tiny, and then he's just a man. yeah, and then just dumps the suitcase off at the back of the boat. <laughs> <That's laughs> Nick such a shitty thing to do. Yeah, and Nick Mac is word. just in there thrashing around. You just hear him like screaming insults at James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shot that the fucking movie ends on. Yeah, love it. The like, uh that's uh what's his name again? Shoot. Um Hervé Villages. Hervé Villages, yeah. He's great. He's he's fantastic yeah. in it. Yeah. Christopher Lee is the bad guy. Great. Uh-huh. Despite uh, his weird nipple. And hey, you know what? JW Pepper is back in this also. Fuck it. Everything yeah. about this movie is awesome. JW Pepper. Nah. JW Pepper has taken a trip to Asia. Uh I'm that's not right. sure why he would take it's on a trip vacation to with his life. Yeah. Why would he take a trip to a foreign country when he hates foreigners so much? I don't understand. But he's got a lot of problems with... Like, he calls a guy a pointy head at one point. <laughs> what? Yeah! What does that... Is that, like, an old-timey slur? I, yes, I'm pretty sure that it is. 
huh. against like I want to say like against Vietnamese people. I, I don't quite know exactly, but Weird. yes, J.W. Pepper is back in this. He gets pushed into some very dirty water at some point. Everybody laughs. Haha, <laughs> he's the Biff Tannen of the Bond franchise. That's that's right. Whoa. Hey, you want to talk about the spy who loved me? Because I don't remember anything from that movie. I really enjoyed uh, the spy who loved me. That's, that's the one uh, that ends on the big submarine, right? And then they're like on yeah, the inflatable raft, that's and right. that's where like the end of and, Austin Powers uh, is from. Jaws. Yeah. Okay, I'm starting to remember this because there's that whole thing in like uh, in Egypt where they fight Jaws. Yeah, and then yeah. they end up yeah, on the giant, weird, underwater base. That's like again. Cool. Remember who the villain is in this movie at all? Um, Carl Stromberg. Stromberg, that's right. Um, I don't remember what his plan was. Either. Yeah, me either. Like, I don't know. They just end up on the submarine at some point, and Jaws is doing stuff. Like, oh, he's he's trying to get them to uh, like start World War Three. Like, okay. He, he but, steals two because he steals two sides. He's got a ship. Sort of like the plot of You Only Live Twice, except it's okay. um, boats. He has a ship that steals the submarines. He does does something to make them surface, and then once they surface, he has a big ship that opens up the front of it and grabs the submarine. Uh, this also says that once he starts a nuclear war, he will repopulate the world with a new world formed under the ocean. That is, oh, yeah, something like oh, that. Okay. It's weird. Like this is actually maybe the most boring James Bond movie, uh, in my opinion. Like I, I really just could not commit any of it to memory at all. I thought the Spy Who Loved Me was, um, no, never mind. Yes, I thought the Spy Who Loved Me was my my favorite more movie, and then I'm realizing that I don't remember it very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you, you saw I, the list and you realized Moonraker is next, and actually, that's the best one. <laughs> I I love I like Jaws a lot. He has a much better arc in Moonraker, which I guess we'll get into in a minute. Yeah, I didn't know um, he was in this. I always knew of him like from Moonraker. Yeah, no, he's the only uh, Bond henchman that actually recurred at all. Also, maybe the only one that I think has ever actually like ultimately lived in the end. I well, I want to talk about that in a minute. Let's go to Moonraker. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done with the spy yeah fuck well, the spy who loves me. I, I will say, the spy who loves me. I remember is the one where like the intro is Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla, and they say now girls dancing on trampolines, and then it does the whole intro sequence. Ziggy, 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 oi, oi, oi. Yeah, uh, I I do really like the theme song actually for Spy You Love Me. It, yeah, stop punching the mic through. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's Carly Simon, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's a good theme, but yeah, the, the whole intro is just girls jumping on trampolines, basically. They, they swing around on the gun barrel. Oh, sure. Yeah. They do that in Goldeneye, too, I want to say. Or no, the gun barrel comes out of the girl's mouth. Out of her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what if all these girls had, like, hammers and sickles? You get it? That's, ah. I'm alright with that. They're busting up, busting up the hammers, or the sickles with a hammer. That's alright. Statue of Linen comes tumbling over. Yeah. Uh, Moonraker is the movie that I remember for having that really good shot of that bird doing a fucking like triple take. See, I thought that was um, View to a Kill, but you insist it's yeah. Moonraker. 
It is it is Moonraker because there's a whole thing where like James Bond is in a gondola that also like actually has wheels on the bottom of it, so he like gets out of and the river and starts. Yeah, yeah, he's just driving around in a gondola, and so there's like a dozen different shots of people like some dude drinking champagne and spitting it out, like people looking at it all funny, and there's a shot of a bird where it just like looks oh. over to the right. And they just rewind that footage like back and forth a few times, so it makes it look like the birds doing a double. Okay, thing. that's why I thought it was a view to the kill because it it sort of looks. Like, or is it in San Francisco? Uh, I, I want to say it's like in. It's in like Venice. Around Germany. Yeah, like Venice. Oh, um, I don't know. Maybe I thought it was like a tram from San Francisco when I saw that clip a long time ago or something. Uh, that might be. Yeah, it. When you take the gondola out of the water, right? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's in Venice. Yeah, Uh, the villain in this is... um, I don't know. It was a long time ago I saw that. The villain in this is Hugo Drax, uh, who wants to basically destroy all... So he's a Nazi, by the way, first of all. Probably gay, too. I don't know. Why not? Lied. Yeah, Uh, but he wants to uh, basically destroy the Earth and then repopulate it with perfect Nazi babies. uh, Yeah. Ladies and himself. Yeah. So all these Aryans in a spaceship. Screw it. Uh, and so the like, story is that Star Wars was popular? Yes. So they were like, oh, well, yeah. put, who cares about James Bond? Put him in space. People like space now. Yeah. As if that is the appeal of Star Wars. Hey, You're remember that scene from Thunderball where everybody was underwater and shooting harpoon guns real slow? <laughs> what if Steve they did that? Yeah, with laser guns. Why not? <laughs> a really bad scene it's super boring and again really tough to to tell who's who yeah because not only is it just very slow and everybody looks the same in it but there's a lot of pulled out shots where it's just space man just the the dark blackness of space quick question what was the bond girl's name in this movie talk good head yeah Uh, uh uh-huh speaking of single entendres yeah. yeah, I love that one. I'm Doctor Goodhead, and he's like, "Whoa, <laughs> I wiggle, right?" Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah, Jaws is back in this movie. Uh, there's a really good bit of him biting through a steel wire uh, to try to knock James Bond off of um, uh, a, a lift, and uh, he gets like knocked off of that tower or something, and then just meets like this girl with like Pippi Longstocking's hair, and immediately falls in love with her. He has braces. Yes. He yeah. sees her with braces. And- like oh metal teeth too and she's got huge knockers which probably helps oh. uh, <laughs> for whatever reason she also falls in love with him yes that's the weird part and she's one of the nazis she's one of the nazis that go on the, goes on the spaceship well, so, so that's the maybe i am misremembering things but the way that i interpreted all that was she was just a girl who happened to be around when jaws fell off this thing and fell in love with him and because jaws was in with the nazis she was allowed to come too Oh, Uh, yeah, that makes sense because he was, Jaws was supposed to help repopulate the Earth for some reason, but then isn't, right? He's betrayed. Yeah, because, like, at the end of that movie, uh, James Bond is just like, oh, so your plan is, like, everyone's going to fuck, but only, like, perfect people get to fuck and not, like, weird giant people with metal teeth. They don't get to fuck, huh? And then Jaws decides to betray Trax. Right, Jaws is like, you bet I'm going to fuck. Did you see the girl with braces? She mine. And he he betrays him. Because you know what? It, man yeah uh they at the end of that movie though like i really do like jaws's turn into a good character uh at the end of that thing even though like i don't really think he turns good so much as he's just like 
he has that moment like the Joker had when he was working with Red Skull, where he's like, wait a minute, you're a Nazi. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and it, it's, yeah, it's not so much that he's helping James Bond as that he's being yeah. Drax. Yeah, um, it's like, look, I'm evil, but I'm not, like, Nazi evil. That's where I draw the line. Uh, but James Bond uh, and Goodhead, they, they leave the space station. As they leave, uh, they wave goodbye to Jaws and his girlfriend who decide to stay on the space station. So technically, like, they survive, but also, like, I don't think Jaws and that girl know how to operate a space station, so they're probably dead. I mean, station somebody explodes. could come get them off, right? Space station explodes, and I was so pissed off when they were like, oh yeah, no, we found a guy with weird metal teeth and some lady. Um, I was pissed off, because I really liked... I was like, oh man, like Jaws is sacrificing himself to save James Bond, and this is like a real turn for him, and he's found you know, satisfaction in love and he recognizes, you know, who he is as a person. Like I'm not a Nazi. And this is, you know, he had a real, he had a real moment. Yeah. And then there, you know, he sacrifices himself and that's a good end. That's a good end for Jaws. Jaws is out there doing talks now about how he left the Nazis. That's right. He, you know, he's got some real um, Tony Robbins. Yeah. yeah. Good, good, good for Jaws. RIP uh, Richard Keel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, no. People like often point to this as being one of the worst James Bonds because it's also the most campy. But I disagree with that. Like, it's definitely like a very rough cash in on the sci fi craze of the seventies. Uh, it's still not very good, but it has like more redeeming qualities to me than you know, live and let die, or you only live twice. Yeah, or Thunderball. Thanks again for that. Uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> I have, a real, I have a real axe to grind with Thunderball, by the Apparently. way. And I like Moonraker. I think it is, I mean, it's exceptionally silly. Yes. Um, but I like I like Jaws as a character. I think he's um, cool. He's a yeah. really good, again, like a very iconic um, Bond bad guy um, in the, in that sort of campy way. You know, like Odd Job or um, even like Knick Knack, right? Um, really good sort of on henchmen um it's weird that they brought him back but like i said i think he had a yeah. good arc in this movie um, as far as you know an arc for a henchman's gonna go sure um, so i liked it yeah so uh, thomas uh did you ever play and i know this is a subject that gets brought up a lot here but um everything or nothing for the playstation 2 no that's the other james bond game yes well there have been a lot of them, but of the it, it was the one where they like made an original plot. It was like presented as a Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. Cool. Like they had uh, Willem Dafoe is the main bad guy in it, but uh, they cool. they brought Jaws back for that. Had Richard Keel voicing him and everything. It was great. Nice. Oh, it's awesome. Um, so that's like it canon. Jaws didn't die. That's right. Uh, Came back yes. thirty years later or whatever. To... <laughs> yeah, sixty-five uh... years old. Jaws out there. And uh, that is the I best James Bond game, and I stand by it. Mm. Like I said, this, I think that's why I said the other one, because it's the one, the other one I've heard of. I yeah. Guess. I never owned a PlayStation. Well, um, uh, Agent Under Fire is okay. Or wait, Nightfire? Agent? I think they're wasn't both. There like a, wasn't there Night like Under a racing Fire? game? Like a James Bond racing game? Oh, wasn't yeah. 007 Racing. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was just racing. Yeah. There was also uh, that weird, like, GoldenEye Rogue Agent one, oh, where you were, yeah. like, a bad guy. Yeah, that was and... not good. 
Uh, and then uh, the one that was like there was the remake of Goldeneye, but starring Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah, that was even worse. And then there was the one where it was like sort of a best of Bond, but as Daniel Craig, where it, like went through all the movies. That was weird. So I had brought this up on the podcast when we did uh, Goldeneye long, long ago. Uh, that that was a game that me and my family played a lot. Uh, one of the few bonding moments that I had with my father. Uh, there was a point in time where my dad was trying to get me to come over and visit for like a holiday. And he was like, hey, you know, I we got Goldeneye. We can play Goldeneye again. Uh, and so I came there and I was actually kind of excited to play Goldeneye. And then that fucker pulled out Goldeneye for the Wii. And I remember <laughs> why I don't like my dad. <laughs> and like, and speaking of weird canon implications for later Bond movies, is that 007 Legends game? That's like the framing oh, yeah. device of that is... Uh, the beginning of Skyfall, where Craig gets shot by Moneypenny uh, and falls off the train. And then, so that means all of this, I don't know if it's supposed to be flashbacks or a dream. Like, maybe it's just a dream and he's like inserting himself into other movies he saw. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. That whole thing's weird. So like he's on a jetpack or whatever? I don't know if that part's in it or not. I know Goldfinger sure. is in it. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't play really much of it. It was not back. good. Yeah. Hey, well, you know they, what, they did make the uh there was a From Russia with Love game. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh they got like the likenesses of Connery and like Robert Shaw. And yeah. uh that was weird because that did have the jetpack in it. <sighs> yeah. Wrong movie, but whatever. Uh hey, you know what uh, what Moonraker is better than? For your eyes only. Oh yeah. Is, eyes, I think I think my worst Roger Moore. Yeah. Um, so I was telling Larry this, that I often get this and uh, The Spy Who Loved Me confused because both of them to me is just a complete blur. Uh, but I actually rewatched this one fairly recently, so I remember it more than I typically do. Um, it's really bad. Um, it's very confusing. Plot-wise, it is very difficult to follow. Um, some sort of like... The guy I'm wants to fuck diamond. He wants to like fuck an underage girl. Is the only takeaway that I had from this movie. Like no, that was the his underage girl wants to fuck him. He doesn't want to. Oh no! <laughs> so she's like chasing him around. Remember, she like shows up naked in his bed, and he like makes her get dressed, and he's like, "Oh, sweetheart, get out of here, whatever." Um, no, I think like, I tried to forget that. <laughs> I don't know. If she's under. I mean, she's like seventeen, I think, which is definitely I, underage and too yes. young for sixty-five-year-old Roger Moore, however old he is in this. Oh, I'm talking about the villain. I thought that the villain wanted to fuck. Oh no, I'm thinking of the one where um, is this? Maybe it's not this one where he's like at the ski resort or whatever. Yeah. There's so much skiing, man. I can't remember. Yeah, there, there's a lot of skiing in this one, and then later in adult and one. Um, but yeah, because like she's a uh, she's an Olympian. I want to say is like part yeah, of the whole so thing yeah, too. That guy wants to screw her, but she yes. wants to screw everyone. So that yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying that. Like the main thing I remember from the villain's plan is he takes an underage girl up to a castle way way high up in the mountains where no one can catch him um, rough. gorbachev shows up in this movie or at least the james bond facsimile of gorbachev uh because i can't huh. remember like what his plan was too was that he wanted to like sell something to the russians and then like at the end of the movie gorbachev yeah. shows up and sees james bond and he just kind of gives like a tip of his hat like ah you got me again and just um, he's trying. They're trying to steal a. It's like a submarine tracking system or something like that. And the the submarine 
blows up maybe i don't remember and like everybody's trying to get this thing first basically yeah. so the russians want it obviously the british want it back um and i don't know there's also a lot of submarines in james bond speaking of things that are in overabundance uh because this also, is also the james bond where his car is able to go underwater too yeah so so this one starts with him visiting tracy's grave and then apparently yes. killing unseen blofeld yeah, so this is also a very Lazenby-esque situation where they were very much just trying to humiliate somebody that had, like, slighted them. Because uh, Blofeld is done away with, like, an absolute punk. And I think that was them going, like, hey, we got the rights back, but also, fuck you guys for even taking the rights to begin with, so we're going to make this character embarrassing. Yeah. He takes over the helicopter that Bond is flying, sitting there, for whatever reason, still in a wheelchair with a neck brace. Um. This is, I don't know how many years after. Yeah. Um, yeah I was going to say, this seems year. way later than I thought that would have been. Like, I had heard about that, but yeah. I thought it would be in a much earlier movie. No. Nope. Yeah, they never show his face. Yeah. Um, I guess is like a dig on, like, the old movies where they never showed his face. I don't really know. Um, and James Bond scoops him up, the skid of the helicopter, and drops him down a giant dirty chimney. Yeah, smoke stack. death. And uh, this is actually, remarkably, the second instance of a slide whistle in a James Bond movie, because, <laughs> of course. They really, they really embarrass um, Feld character. Yeah, I'm glad both of the, sli- the, the slide whistles exist, though, in the Roger Moore era specifically, because I think that's just a really good thing to point to as, like, this is, these movies are fucked. Look, yeah. slide whistles, it, they were good enough for Steven Spielberg in Jurassic Park. So what you got a problem yeah. with it? Well, I liked it when Dakota Fanning, she held up the baby doll and then she threw it in the fire and there was a slide whistle. <laughs> <she tossed it. laughs> you know, that's the only way to shoot that really. I mean, yeah. how are people going to know that you're wacky, wacky with your slide whistle? There's the callback for people who are making it two hours deep into <laughs> us talking about Roger Moore. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, one more. We've got yeah. one more. That's Octopussy. Well, we got, we got two. two more. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Octopussy is a, another name of a female character in James Bond. Uh, and they also just decided to make it the title because, sure, yeah. why not? Why not? Do it. Yeah. Put James Bond in the clown makeup. That's what this franchise has become. Well, hey, it worked for Loop on the third. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I also don't care for Octopussy at all. Uh, I find this one to also be incredibly dull in a lot of places. It picks up at the end when he gets into its weird circus shit, but also, man, clown James Bond disarming a bomb is really something. It's so bad. Um, the, the octopusy thing is also really bad. Um, there's a bit where he, he sleeps with some lady, of course, and um, some lady that's you know 30 years younger than him, and notices she has an octopus tattoo on her and it's really obviously a temporary tattoo and he's like what's this and she goes that's my octopusy and it's like what are you what are you doing <laughs> in this movie and then yeah that means that she's in the circus um the circus girls later like they like attack a castle yeah uh, do circus tricks to do it of course <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. they all became unemployed after this, and then they they signed up with uh, Danny DeVito Penguin, right? And to do yeah. some more circus. I mean, if you're a circus henchman, oh, man. 
Danny yeah. DeVito in his prime would have been a real good James Bond villain. Also, yeah, he yeah. would. By the way, yeah. I don't even remember who's the villain in this one. Who plays the villain? He could be Nick Knack's father. He's upset about what James Bond did to Nick Knack. There you go. I think Nick Knack. I mean, Nick Knack lives, right? I mean, they don't show him drowning. He's just like bouncing around. No, I. Yeah, I also think that suitcase is like tied to the back of the boat. So I, I think that he's like in custody. Yeah. Because so, yeah, there, there's a there's another James Bond henchman that actually survived. Um, didn't really think about that. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't like Octopus. It's a bad movie. The villain bad was one. General Orlov, played by Stephen Burkoff. Sure. What? Okay. Was it? And Kamal Khan. Okay, I'm thinking of a different. I'm thinking of a different James oh, yes. Bond. Well, it's. I'm getting a bit ahead of ourselves and talking about next week's, but there is. Uh, remember the guy in Goldeneye who helps out James Bond when he shows up in Russia? Yeah, Joe Don Baker. Yeah, he's the villain in one of the Dalton movies. Is he? He is. Yeah, Joe Don. Joe Don Baker plays the villain in uh, in the Living Daylights. Huh. And he later plays. Um, I don't think it is uh, Felix Leiter. Is it? No, it's Felix Leiter. The CIA guy. No, it's it's a different name. It's like Jack, Jack Wade. Yeah, but that's its role. Yeah, it's the, yeah. It's yeah. Like a role. Yeah, it's, it's the same role, but the reason that they didn't, I think, at that point, just use Felix Leiter is also because the prior movie was about Felix Leiter getting real fucked up and not yeah. being able to be an agent anymore. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, the same the same basic function. Uh. Yeah, like his leg got eaten by a shark or something like that. But, um. Like I said, get getting ahead of ourselves, but. For a moment, I thought that uh, he was in Octopussy, and I got confused. So, um, but hey, speaking of uh, people who have played Batman villains, but also didn't got <laughs> to play James Bond villains, Christopher Walken is in A View to a Kill, the final Roger Moore movie, and the final one we'll talk about today. He loves uh, computers. I love this movie. This is well, I love. A real I should good, say real bad movie. So. Um... Just love Christopher Walken in it, but that yeah, uh, it's not good. Um, no, but it's got a grand which is also very good. Huh? Did you say? Oh, uh, the like Duran Duran did the opening song to this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another oh, yeah. another good song. Yeah. Um, Grace Jones also in this one, and also great. Do you remember how this movie opened up, though, Thomas? I don't think so. Would it surprise you to find out that it's James Bond skiing and he skis to a submarine that he then uses to escape him? <laughs> sure. Right, because he's getting um, uh, told things about computers and so he's there's some sort of like chip or something he's got to get. Yeah. This is the one where when he's like skiing, it plays Surfing... No, was that this one where it plays Surfing USA when he's skiing? <laughs> Or is that the the last Brosnan one? I don't think it's the last Brosnan no, one. No, no, or as ridiculous as that movie is. Um, it's I think sure it is one of the Roger Moores, and it's either this one or the one with the other winter th- there are two three? Are there three skiing sequences with Roger Moore? I I can't goddamn tell anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know I think the, the spy who loved me definitely starts with that, because that's when he has the Union Jack parachute. Yeah. In um, shoot, is it uh, Spy Who Loved Me, where he kills her, her like boyfriend on a ski thing. So he's like he's like skiing and and murders a bunch of Russians, 
and then it turns out that like the on the Russian that he's got to work with, he killed. Yeah. Okay. Last, sure. This this movie is in a weird way essentially just a remake of Goldfinger because uh, I want to call him Max Shrek, but I know that's the Batman. Zorin. Zorin. <laughs> Zorin. Thank you. I look. They're basically the same character. Is the thing. It Both is just Christopher Max. Walken. Yeah, playing playing Christopher Walken. Except here, um, he wants to sell you a horse. That's right. He's about horses yeah. and computers. Can I interest you in a horse? Got a How horse computer. A horse? Yeah, <laughs> thanks. We're on the same page. It's a computer that makes it real fast. They just mash horse, a five. Right? They, don't, they don't put the chip in the horse. They're using drugs, but they can't tell them what they yeah. are, right? Aren't they manufacturing drugs? I believe so, yes. Uh, the, the, the main thing, like his whole plot here, is that he wants to flood Silicon Valley to raise the value of his own microchip. So it's very much like a, a Goldfinger plot. Yeah, same kind of idea. Uh, yeah, on a much larger scale. He's got a blimp with his name on it. Yeah. Why not? That's cool. Uh, there's that bit, too, where he's like in the, uh, just like some kind of mine or something that he's running. He just takes a machine gun, just starts like shooting a bunch of dudes. Great. I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed uh, for walking in this. Oh, he's great. Like it, Nazi, though, also. Yes. Also probably gay. Uh, but there's like a, a lot of actors who I really wish would play James Bond villains and Christopher Walken would be on that list if he were not already in A View to a Kill. Yeah, they could yeah, do it again. Did. Oh, sure. Scary. Yeah. Uh, but you also got... Did. You also got uh, Grace Jones in this movie as Mayday. Also fantastic. I yeah. I really like Grace Jones. Um, I always think of her as um, you know in in, uh, in Conan movie. Um, I what I know about Grace Jones is that she loves showing her whole ass. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. but and not her asshole. No, no, she's always got little little just them cheeks out. She always got them cheeks out. Yeah. Um, in this one and in the in the Conan movie that I also very much like. Yeah. Man. Good. This also has the uh, the bit where it isn't like James Bond chasing somebody up like the the Eiffel Tower or something. Actually, I think that's what this movie opens up on. I think that the the skiing thing that Larry mentioned with the Union Jack is uh, also the one with like he's skiing and he goes into the submarine. That's a different movie. That's that is um, I love me. I think that's where he yeah. murders her friend. I yeah. think. And... Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. The opening of this one, I think, is the the Eiffel Tower thing where he's oh, trying to definitely sees at the beginning of it because he has to go and get the guy out of snow. Like finding the boy, I don't know. <laughs> Is there an Eiffel Tower thing in the this? Roger Moore era? Boy, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, accurate. Uh, I'm a, pretty sure if, if it's not bridge. if it's not the Eiffel Tower, it is some sort of like he's running up a a, a tower sort of thing, chasing somebody. Uh, but yeah, it does end on the Golden Gate Bridge with Christopher Walken hanging off of it and laughing, and then slipping off and falling into the into the ocean. Uh, according to Wikipedia, the opening of a View to a Kill is James Bond is sent to Siberia to locate the body of 003 and recover a microchip originating from the Soviet Union. Mm. Okay, so, so it might still be the skiing thing since it's Siberia. Sure, also it's Roger Moore, and he loves to ski, but not oh, really. Yeah. yeah. He likes green screen skiing, and That's I, right. I love how bad they yeah. are. And I, what I wonder is, like, this wasn't, I mean, when did this movie come out? Uh, 85. You want to tell me in 1985 they looked at that and said, enough. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to, this is a relatively modern movie. 
can do better than that. Look, here's the thing, is in the very next film, the first Dalton film, there's also another skiing scene. Yeah, another shitty green screen. Yeah, they just, they do it immediately after this one. Um, And sharks. Yeah, God. Yeah, there's there's at least like three more skiing scenes in the rest of James Bond that I'm aware of. So, sure, why not? Uh, yeah, View, View to a Kill is a ridiculous goddamn movie, and I kind of like it, but I suspect a lot of that is just because Christopher Walken is hamming it up as the villain. Uh, it's certainly not for Roger Moore, who I've never come to any of these movies for, uh, but also he's like 80 years old in this one. And, he does uh, not look good. Very old man in this movie. I do not buy... There's a, there's a point where I refuse to believe that these young women are interested in Roger Moore. Yeah. Like, I, oh, yeah. I guess he's a handsome man. No. But... <laughs> That's great. Well, I mean, look, so the, the thing is that, like, hold on, how old was he at this point? The man was born in 1927. Oh. Right? Yeah. He's, he's an old man in this movie. He is nearly 60 years old Yeah, in this movie. They're like, oh, this little 20-year-old girl, 22-year-old girl, she wants nothing more, baby. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not true. She doesn't. Yeah. I just don't buy it anymore. Daniel they, they Craig really... is currently 52, by the way. Yes. The that's thing is, Daniel Craig is also, yeah, like, t- takes way better care of his body than Roger Moore did at this point in time. Like, Roger Moore is also probably the least active of the James Bonds as well. Yeah. Fam- famously, he had a... Uh, man get in out of a car oh the, he... the part where he kicks the car off the cliff no 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 like he pulls up to a place and climbs out of the car he had a oh. stuntman didn't feel like it oh sure <laughs> right. i believe that that that's yeah. like on the level of wesley snipes not wanting to open his eyes that time <laughs> in blade three and so they just cgi'd eyes onto him yeah sounds about right well that is uh unless you had something to add thomas i'm sorry Oh, no, I just I just really love that Wesley Snipes would make that decision, <laughs> um, and I wish that they hadn't. I wish that they hadn't changed it. They yeah. made a choice. Yeah. Green made a choice. Uh, that is all of the Roger Moore James Bond. Best and so. worst Roger Moores. Give them to me. Yeah. Thomas. Uh, worst Roger Moore is um. Uh, I think for your eyes only, Roger Moore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For your eyes only. That's uh I found it confusing. I found it boring. Uh I just I didn't care for it. I think that's probably the worst one. Um second worst one. Oh, I mean most racist is Live and Let's Eye. Right? Oh yeah. And it's there's nothing worth watching in that movie. There's nothing redeemable in, in that movie. Um Jane Seymour. Yeah, so like that's it. You've got Jane Seymour and like the guy that played um it's uh, uh, Yafit Kodo, it? right? Mm, Isn't he in there? Okay. It's Yafit Kodo, that's uh, Mr. Big. He's good in it, and uh, the guy that plays um, Baron Samedi, I liked that character. Like there are, there are I, I say there's nothing redeemable in the movie. Don't watch it. It's very bad and extremely racist. There are, you know, there, there are decent performances, and you know, there's that, whereas um, for your eyes only sucks. It's just so bad and yeah. so boring. I uh, like that's something I would say about James Bond in general is that there are a fair amount of those movies that don't have any redeemable qualities in it, but there are like good bits in each of the movies. They they might not save everything else, but they're memorable. Like I remember 
Mr. Big turning into a balloon and popping. That was a moment from James Bond that's going to stick with me the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> right. Even The Spy Who Loved Me, which is the one that I seem to like have the worst time actually committing to memory, still has all the fights with Jaws in like Egypt. So, And of course, like the bit with the inflatable raft in, at the end, although I think I remember that mostly because of Austin Powers. Sure. Uh, like, I think you watch it and you go, oh, this has been parodied by Austin Powers now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Really, I think having watched all the Bond movies, I appreciate the Austin Powers movies more. Oh, yeah. I feel like I should maybe rewatch them. Um, I have that, that more reference point. But... Yeah. Next week, we talk about the rest of the James Bonds and also the Austin Powerses. Okay. <laughs> now that's something uh, I can get behind. Yeah, Austin yeah, Powers. I'm, I'm not streaming. I'm not watching it. I'm for it if I can find them streaming. Um, it, what was your favorite, though, out of the Roger Moore era? Uh, I'm going to uh, change my favorite. And I'm going to say it was Moonraker. Um, I like Drax as a bad guy. Um, Dr. Goodhead is a great name. <laughs> yes, it is. Fun girl. Um, and I, I liked Jaws as well. Yeah. I would say we should rank the most perverse James Bond girl names, but we all know it's Pussy Galore. It's Pussy Galore, yeah. It's Pussy Galore. Dr. Goodhead's yeah. got to be up there. Yeah. No, they've tried to top it, but look. Can't do much better than Pussy Galore. Her name, uh, the top from Goldeneye. Xenia oh, on yeah, the top. Yeah. On top. Yeah. yeah, on a top. Yeah, man. All she um, did was people to death with her powerful thighs. Yeah, and then she uh, she orgasms while getting her chest crushed. Yeah. Well, also while shooting people too, you know. Oh, I mean, it's twenty four seven orgasming over there. Just, yeah. You know what? You know what you like for yeah. it. I can't right, shame yeah. her. But no, I'm not. If you look, if you if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Right. And what she loves is busting while she converts. <laughs> <laughs> and she died uh, doing what she loves. Doing what she loved. All right. Well, all right, we'll get to that. Uh, I didn't I didn't say my uh, my best and worst real quick. Oh, my well, my favorite well, is uh, is View to a Kill. And my least favorite is probably The Spy Who Loved Me. OK, I, I thought you had said, but you just said your least favorite, I think. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, we'll be back next week with the Dalton through the Craig Bonds, because uh, this is just a thing we're doing now. I hadn't anticipated full Same. rundowns of every movie, but here we are. Yeah, six movies. It's just... Uh, 26? Uh, I think so. I think I'm the new the non- one coming out is 27, yeah. Okay, I think I'm counting the non-canon. Yeah. It's 20, 27 and 28. I don't know. Oh, it's I mean, a, there's there's something to talk about with pretty much every James Bond. Uh, goes back to what I said that there's at least a, a memorable thing in every James Bond movie. Uh, sure. You get the chance. Casino Royale, the original Casino Royale, was streaming I think, on Prime. Not sure if it's still there, but I'd recommend watching it. It is Zorro. Um, got Woody Allen in it. Uh huh. Everyone's is, favorite. Yeah, he plays Jimmy Bond. Jamie Bond's nephew. Yeah. Sure. Sucks. <laughs> there's, an amazing, there's an amazing scene with Orson Welles where he like very obviously directed it and very obviously did not give a fuck about what anybody helped him to do. Oh, the French. <laughs> I love Orson Welles. That's it for James Bond this week. Uh, on the Royal Children podcast next week, more James Bond. Uh, I've been George Brundle. I've been Larry Davis. It's Thomas. Sorry, this went so long. I talked too much. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. This Look. was a grand undertaking. 
It's content. The economy is still not opened yet. Nobody has a choice but to listen. Yeah, no it. games are coming out, so it's fine. Goddamn right. Uh, that's it, though. Goodbye, James Bond. Goodbye, dinosaurs. The sky and all the world can hear call. They shudder at the fury of the mighty thunderball. Thunderball. But the deadly force from within her is somewhere running free. Thunderball, your fiery breath can burn the coldest man. And who is going to suffer from the power in your hand? Somewhere there is a man who could stop the thing in time. He's known by very few, but he's feared by all in crime. All in crime. Bitch.